Light of the Moon. I'm not sure where everyone is who reads these blogs, and then not everyone reads them on the day they were posted. Sometimes they may be read much later by people new to my blog. Nevertheless, this is definitely a winter of 2014 is when I wrote this. Tomorrow in Carolinas and much of the south of the U.S., we are expecting yet another icy Arctic blast. This time, however, besides the cold weather, we are expecting snow along with it. In the past several years, snow here has been a rare occurrence. When I moved to Charlotte in 1991, for several years, it snowed sometimes three or four times a year. There was an elderly lady who lived next door who said that when she was younger, it would snow many times a year and several inches at a time. For our readers in the Midwest and Northeast, they too have had some extreme conditions this year. I myself love snow and wished I could live someplace where it snowed a lot. But for now, I'm here, and so I celebrate what we do yet. And actually now, in 2019, I do live someplace where it snows a lot, in Syracuse. And today, we have a really hard, heavy snow. I thought for the, for the blog post today, I would share a quote from one of Nietzsche's writings, which might offer us something to reflect upon. It might help to put some things in perspective for us. I hope you enjoy. Quote, on the day, on the seventeenth day of the sixth month of the eleventh year of Bunei, 1271, we built a makeshift hermitage by cutting down several trees in this mountain. But after four years, the pillars decayed and some of the mud uh, walls fell. Because they were not repaired, the condition of the hermitage reached such a pathetic state that we are able to read the sacred teachings at night with only the light of the moon and we do not need to use our hand to turn the pages of the sutra as they are turned by the wind. Finally, this year, all twelve pillars have leaned out into the four directions, and all the walls have fallen. We sentient beings are not able to bear such hardships. We pray that the moon will appear and that there will be no rain, and I force my students to work hard because no laborers are available here. In addition, we do not have enough food, and I have stayed alive by eating snow. In such a situation, we are so grateful to Lord Dueno for sending us two loads of taros last time and one load this time. We treasure them as being more precious than jewels. Ajishi Shufuku Sho, Nichiren's Writings from the Writings of Nichiren Shonen, Volume 5, page 113. Opening. Meditation, whether silent or chanting Odaimoku, is an opportunity to open our lives to the Buddha within. It isn't that the Buddha within is only present during these times, but it is in these moments when we are able to actually be present to our deeper self. Much of our day is filled with numerous activities which drown out the soft voice of enlightenment. This soft voice within is within, but it seems we are mostly likely to listen to its wisdom and compassion when we are able to silence the very active and also very loud shouting of our thinking, doing, and processing mind. It is completely understandable that we might become discouraged that somehow we are 
not able to practice and be Buddhist in an ever-increasingly complex world. Yet, I believe that by using those special moments of giving strength to our innate Buddha potential through our practice of chanting O Daimoku and then further trying to engage in mindfulness throughout our day, we will begin to change our lives. If we think about the simile of herbs chapter in the Lotus Sutra, we will recall the story of the rain cloud, which nourishes each of the various plants and herbs equally, even though the capacities of the plants differ. Our, practicing of chanting, our, our practice of chanting Odaimoku, our meditation, is like this Dharma rain cloud passing over our lives. The more Dharma rain our plant, our life, receives, the more it grow, grow, and thrive. Below, I offer for your consideration a way to perhaps more actively engage in your chanting and increase the benefit it brings to changing your life. As you chant or prepare for your meditation, begin with gratitude. Engage in a purposeful recollection of all the things which occurred. If you incorporate this in the morning, then think about all the things that occurred the day before for which you are grateful. Be fierce about your trying to make your list as long and as thorough as possible. Learn to not be stingy with your gratitude and learn not to be begrudging. Next, review your activities from start to finish, noticing, if possible, all the times when you were able to act in harmony with your Buddhist belief. Notice the times when the Buddha was present within your life, when your actions were in harmony with your beliefs, Give thanks and appreciation for the good you have done. Now, think of the times when your actions were perhaps not as skillful as you might have wished. Use this as an opportunity to see where you can grow and allow change to seep into your life. Never mind if you think you are doing the same unskillful things every day. Eventually, the more you cultivate awareness, the more skillful you will become at making the kind of changes in your life. Finally, Conclude your practice of self-examination and reflection with appreciation for both the skillful and the unskillful. For becoming more willing to be grateful and being aware of both your strengths as well as your growing edges, you are softening up your life so your innate Buddha nature will have fertile ground upon which to grow as it receives nourishment from the reign of the Dharma of your life. In all things, cultivate the life of gratitude. Pockets of Peace It is possible to live peacefully and calmly even while experiencing the chaos and uncertainties life throws our way. Regardless of the hoop you may have ex be expected to jump through, be it a broken car, expected work demands, forgotten appointments, traffic jams, all can be gotten through while maintaining inner peace and tranquility. First, check to see how you are processing the circumstances. Assess the situation, gathering the facts. Separate from your feelings about those facts. Knowing what your feelings are provides you with insight. The facts of the situation are simply what they are. It is your choice how to feel about those facts and further, how you will respond. A friend of mine uses the wood chipper test of degree of crisis. Being chucked headfirst into a wood chipper, chipper is life-threatening and the absolute worst thing that could happen. Other problems beyond that can be solved in due time and may not be, in fact, require us to panic. Next, 
Make time for yourself, alone, quiet, without stimulation. In our overstimulated lives, we have become somewhat desensitized to the stimulants in our life. Making quiet time an absolute necessity in your life absolute allows your body, your sense organs, your mind to rest. You need that. Think of it as a small oasis where you can refresh yourself. Check your breath. No, really, check yourself to see where you are breathing from. Breathing from your upper chest is fight-or-flight breathing. It means your body is responding as if you were being put headfirst into that wood chepper, or perhaps running from a tiger. Are those things the reality of this moment? No? Then slow your breathing down. Move it to the large lungs down in your abdomen. Those lungs are larger. Move more air. Send more oxygen to the brain, and the brain needs its oxygen. Put your hand over your stomach and watch your hand go in and out with your breath. It may take some practice and conscious effort to get those muscles working again, but this shows you how much you have been relying on those small lungs up in, the, in your chest and how much your body has been under stress. Begin your day with even just a few minutes of calm. Sit quietly for a little while before you turn on the TV or before you read the newspaper or check your computer for email and such. How difficult is it for you to do this? Make it a habit to create this space of calm. Think of the wood chipper again. Is reading your email on par with being chucked into the wood chipper? No, then probably it can wait a few minutes. Finally, avoid mindless activities. Be intentional even about doing nothing. Be intentional about relaxing. Be intentional about problem solving. Learn to be more intentional. intentional. Be inquisitive about what you do, what you feel, and how you process your life. Quoting from the Lotus Sutra, Needless to say, anyone who not only keeps this sutra, but also gives alms, observes the precepts, practices patience, makes endeavors, concentrates his mind, and seeks wisdom, will be able to obtain the most excellent and innumerable benefits. His merits will be as limitless as the sky is in the east, west, south, north, the four immediate quarters, the zenith, and the nadir. These innumerable merits of his will help him obtain the knowledge of the equality and differences of all things. Lotus Sutra, chapter 18, 17.